Hello and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. This is Dr. Wendy Corrin. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we're going to be discussing with you something that I think is very important in the quality of care that you either give or receive from your practitioner. And that involves whether or not you, as a practitioner or as a recipient, use a method or a technique. What we mean by that is, is there a philosophy to your therapeutic application, or is there a rote, step-by-step procedure to that which you perform? Yeah, I know we used to say all the time that if you know a technique, you can do a technique, but if you know a method, you can do a thousand techniques. Yeah, we can thank Rock Tape for introducing us to that way of expressing something that we have done since day one in practice. And, you know, those who know me, when you say, well, what's your technique called? I will, what's my technique called? Fred. Fred. What does it mean? Nothing. 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 Whatever it takes. Meaning that to have so many tools in the toolbox. And it doesn't mean that you have to have gadgets and gimmicks. It means that the flexibility in your thinking is built into the methodology of your practice. And you know, for those of you who've had your horses, your dogs, yourselves worked on, whether or not there is a method to the madness or there is a, well, this is how it's done. And essentially, if you're locked into a technique, it's very difficult to process feedback because that's your only choice. What difference does it make if it hurts or it doesn't or they like it or they move away from you or, 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 or. So let's get a little deeper into this theory of methodology. Plus, if you only know one technique, you're locked into the people that only respond to or the human or the horses or the dogs that only respond to that technique. There are so many possibilities of there are so many different body types and body styles and what people accept. So knowing a method gives you the ability to change your technique to do something different that you haven't done with everyone else. Because that will make a difference on how they respond. Because if you're doing something and the client's not responding, do you keep doing the same thing? You keep doing the same technique, going, oh, eventually we'll break through this? Or do you start looking for other methods? Do you start looking for other ideas? Do you start looking for other possibilities? Do you start reaching into that tool bag and going, hey, you know, I haven't done ART in a while. Maybe ART will work on this person. Or maybe SOT or maybe Gonstead or upper cervical, or there's got to be more to it than just a technique. You have to have backup. You have to have flexibility. We're attempting to create flexibility. It really helps to come from a mindset of flexibility. You know, it's, it's a systemic plan. The plan is to get the results. And often, and I have been in this situation as a patient and as a client, where I've been told, you can't be helped. What I would rather have heard is, my technique cannot help you. 
If you know that the technique that you have limits your ability to serve, then actually the solution is to create a network of other practitioners who can provide other skills so that you can accomplish your goals. I have a goal to help animals feel better, move better, and perform optimally. There is not technique that says, okay, push button one, push button two, follow with the green one, and uh, don't push the red button. Okay, Sesame Street. (laughs) Anyway, your method has to do with what are you willing to do? And as someone I'd had a conference call this morning where uh, she said, you're fearless, aren't you? Now, family members would not agree with that. <laughs> and yet, when it comes to serving, I'm fearless because I will do anything to help that animal, whether it's personally, professionally, or networking. That's a method. Yeah. And, and I understand if you're a new practitioner and you're coming out and you need to believe in a technique, you need to build that confidence in yourself. And if that's what you need to do, great. Understand that you'll get better results when you understand a methodology and can reuse many different types of technique. Because you, as you flex to each client that you have, you'll find better results, faster results, happier people, more referrals, and end up having a bigger business. Interesting. In looking up definitions, uh, a definition that I particularly like of method is a body of skills or techniques. A body of skills, not a formula, not a recipe, a body of skills in order to accomplish something. A discipline that deals with the principles and techniques of scientific inquiry, orderly arrangement and development or classification, a plan, habitual practice, regularity. Habitual practice, I like that. Habitual practice because, okay, so this goes to I have a method for cleaning stalls and I am frequently told that that does not fit in with other people's belief systems of time and, and approach. And, you know, I believe that if my method is get the stall cleaned while assisting your body in getting healthier and stronger, use it or don't, you know? It's just that methods develop over time as results give the feedback as to whether the technique formula has been as effective as you wanted it to be. You know, we all start out with a technique, whether it's for driving a car, right, or for adjusting a patient or for analysis of a situation. And then reality, whatever that is, tends to show us that there are things outside of what our technique can address. Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm adjusting a 10-pound Yorkie, I'm going to use a different 
technique that I'm going to use when I let, do a Clydesdale. Mm. I mean, <laughs> I can't lift the legs the same. Uh, there's a lot I can't do the same, so I have to have a method. If I had just a technique, right. I, I'd be locked up in how am I going to get this leg up the way I want it to. Fascinatingly, uh, Clydesdales tend to be easier to adjust than Yorkies <laughs> and all terriers. Um, if I had a technique that said we begin with the left front move to the right front, then the left hind, then the right hind, then the cervical spine, then the pole, then the back. And that's a very valid technique for making sure that you address the whole of the animal. And you go to touch the left front and either the horse stomps it or the dog bites you. If you are stuck in your code of behavior that says, well then, I can't help this dog because it won't accept my technique. Or if you have the method is to mobilize the animal. And I under that, I have my technique of starting at the front, starting at the back, starting at the top, starting with a different therapy, often to create a level of trust and relaxation before asking for mobilization. That's when your method is how am I going to move this? And you can choose from all of the tools in your toolbox. So basically you're saying techniques are rigid and methods are flexible. I am saying that. That is, that is succinct. In, in, um, you don't have to listen anymore. Dave just nailed just, it down in a sentence. Summed it up. And these are all words. You know, the reason we're bringing it up is because... It literally, on a daily basis, when I am questioned, I'm questioned in a way that, do I think it's subscapularis or teres minor? I don't think that way. I think, is there a limitation in movement of the shoulder, elbow, upper extremity, front extremity, and if so, how can I possibly address this? What is the fascial connection? What is the musculoskeletal connection? What is the fear factor? All of these pieces of data inform the method that I would use and the strategy and the combination of techniques that may knit together to form the best possible outcome. Because yeah. we deal with basically with performance movement. Injuries are, that's the vet. That's, that's when you need the vet, when you have an injury. We deal with performance movement. We want to help something move more efficiently. And that's not one muscle. That's not one bone. That's not one ligament. That's the whole body. Everything has to work together in order for things to move. So techniques can be restrictive. Methods will allow you to evaluate the animal as a whole and treat the animal as a whole. Yeah, often naming things is a limitation. And so it's useful because it helps us communicate at least in, in a cursory fashion, you know. Is are you more forward thinking or are you more retro thinking or are you more um, holistic in your approach or, or you're more fundamental in your approach? 
what those those help and yet many of us don't mean the same thing by the words we use so then we're creating a picture of what's about to happen uh, so for me even naming a method tends to belittle it as opposed to going our I, I, someone this morning was talking with me and she said, I so like your tagline, fit to be first. I said, well, the reason that I love it is because depending upon the, your emphasis of the sentence, it can mean a multitude of things because are you fit can be physical, mental, or an emotional. To be first can be winning in competition or a fitness level that allows you to be your best self. The methods are different depending upon the outcome that is desired. Yeah. And getting that method put together for yourself and understanding to keep the flexibility is really key because you're going to get to be able to treat more people, more animals, more effectively, knowing a method not just a technique. And you may need to know a technique to start off, like I said, just to get that confidence in yourself. But I remember back in the 80s, someone would come into my human practice and say, I'm looking for a chiropractor that does X. this technique. Yes. I am looking for a upper cervical practitioner. I am looking for a Logan practitioner. I am looking for a... I used to get the Palmer technique. Do you do the Palmer technique? Like, I, I have no clue what it is <laughs> you're talking about. And so I say, describe it to me. And often, it meant they wanted to get adjusted, and the person who they went to had a name for their technique. And, in fact, that just misinformed the person who was receiving it, or or... Sometimes they did only adjust one bone and felt that was specific. It allowed me in knowing that to say, well, the method that we have here is to address that and more, whatever your body tells me. And if that suited their needs, they stayed. If it didn't, they could go fishing for someone who also went to that school and learned that thing because even though in City Slickers they said there was the one thing. Uh, and it's all the same thing. It's all the same <laughs> thing, you know. It's, it's all a matter of what do you want to accomplish? What are you willing to do to get that? And if your methodology is to use a series of techniques until you get the best results possible then you're my kind of practitioner. And we came to this because we were both seminar junkies. I mean, we were always going to a different seminar. We were always learning something new, wanted to learn this person's technique or this person's technique and be able to mold all that stuff together because basically we've created a method that works for us specifically for riders because that's who we see the most in the human world are riders. So we've actually developed a methodology that works for riders. When they listen. And a methodology 
for agility and nose dogs and and um, detection dogs that is flexible based upon what we know the reality of their life is. When you have a technique that says, okay, do this, and then, and I had this at first, then have your patient lie down for at least a half an hour after their adjustment in a calm room with wonderful music. And do you know how well that technique went over in my practice? I'm guessing you do. It didn't. The one person a month who has had nothing else to do that they could lie down for half an hour after adjustment wasn't my target audience. So adapting the method allows you to bring in the technique that's most appropriate for that situation. And if you only know one technique, you only have one thing to offer. What we find, and Dave said, I met him at a seminar, and I went, ooh, this, this human thinks as I do. Like number five in, in short circuit. Input. Input. And it doesn't mean it's all useful. Filter it through your system of what you like to receive, what you see the best results with your animals, and what makes you happy to provide. And if you can do that, then you're doing the best you can, and that's all that we ask and ask for and provide. So on that note... Thanks for listening. This has been an Equiline Podcast. I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist. I'm Dr. Wendy Corrin. Have an outstanding rest of your day.